Welcome back to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to bring to you Shereem Adesan. She is an entrepreneur, seasoned media executive, and transformational speaker. She has produced films, original television series, and specials, created several companies, and led campaigns for some of the world's most recognized companies, ABC, CBS, Discovery, BBC, Facebook, Apple, Intel. You know, the list really goes on, guys. This lady is absolutely amazing. She's a proud member of the LGBTQIA plus community, and she founded OMLTV, a popular platform dedicated to streaming and curating quality queer female video content. Guys, definitely check the links in the show notes below. Today, we're here to talk about her book. So please share with me what caused you to write this book and who is it for? Well, first and foremost, Olivia, thank you so much for having me on your show. The book, Free to Be, which is coming out on June 20th, is a... The tagline to it is a six-week guide to reclaiming your soul. And it is a result of a six-year deep soul-searching that I was propelled into after a major breakup at the end of 2013. And I was not propelled into soul searching, but I was propelled into a dark, endless abyss of nothingness. And I had no idea what to do. It wasn't, it, you know, like the proverbial rug wasn't pulled out of me. I just felt like I was launched into nothingness. And... And it was strange because I had all of the worldly goods that one would think would be satisfying, you know, the the houses, the the titles, the the kid, the partner, the community, the friends, and all of that. And I felt dead inside. So I went on a search. I call it search uh, bobbing bobbing for spiritual apples <laughs> in that I didn't quite know what I was doing. And I had a motto in the early days that was hashtag better than this. And the thought was that if the next moment was a little bit better than how I was feeling that moment, then that was an improvement. And then the next minute and the next minute, you know, they say, uh, what is it? The AA saying in one day at a time, for me, it was like one minute at a time. (laughs) And so six years of really deep soul searching. And then when I began to see the light, so to speak, I realized that those six years, if I knew what I was doing, could really be distilled into six weeks. (laughs) And so I basically wrote the book that I wish I had when I was at that crossroad. Thank you for doing that. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time 
to put that together so I don't have to go through it. You know what I'm saying? And the people listening to this don't have to go it, and the people that read it and buy it don't have to go through it and actually implement what not just consume information, but actually implement the process. This um, is it's actually really, really an important call out because there is a difference between getting something conceptually and going through it experientially. So the book is meant to be an immersive experience and not just like read it and be like, hmm, that's a nifty idea and put down. You like really have to live it. I love that. Ooh, I'm so ready to get this because you already, I don't, I don't do that often, but the fact that you condensed six years into six weeks at being at such a high level of stress capacity is one of the things that really attracts me to your book because understanding the levels of stress that you're dealing with in corporate America, where you have to be polished and perfect in your healing, because like you're going through a dark night of the soul and it's just like, well, what, like you just going through it. So share a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because did you ever read The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer? I think I've heard about it. I haven't read it though. If you haven't read it, read it. That's just one of my go-to books. But the reason I mention it is that his background is as a software engineer. And so he didn't get training as a, you know, physician, psychologist, as a Buddhist monk or whatever that tends to lead to a career in transformational speaking. He was a electric engineer that had a company. And I didn't know this while I was reading the book, but he was going through the most contentious legal battle of his life while he wrote that. And when you read the book, you're like, it just makes it that much better because he was going through that. Mm -hmm. And to be able to find that space within himself, regardless of everything that's going on, is amazing. It's different if like, you know, you're hanging out in Hawaii and you decide to write a book. But if you're going through what he was going through, that's amazing. So I'm glad that you, I appreciate that you mentioned that because it, the stress doesn't go away, you know, and, and everybody has it. And life is super, super challenging and difficult. There is no glossing over that, mm -hmm. but it's how we walk through it. It's literally that it's how we walk through, you know, I have this vision of, um, Wonder Woman walking through the battlefield, you know, as things are exploding, or maybe it's Beyonce, one or the other, you know, and just like slaying it, you know, as, as you go and, and being that everyday warrior, regardless of what's happening around you. I call that being, you know, showing up as, I call those test days, you know, sometimes you've got more test days than others and you just show up the best version of yourself. And they don't typically uh, go away. They do not magically be because you've done work on yourself is. And I think that that's, you know, I, I talk about spiritual bypassing, but I think that there's this notion that if somebody works on themselves, then, you know, you reach this kind of like nirvana state of peacefulness and all of that. And there is 
a lot of that. But life does not go away. And you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you pulled yourself out of that and glazed over everything and brushed things under the carpet under the name of, you know, being spiritually woke or whatever it is, you know? (laughs) So you have moments of peace. You have moments of joy. You have moments of happiness. You have moments of heartache and betrayal and there's, they're just moments. And I love that sentiment better than this minute by minute. Like that really hones in on taking those moments, being intentional with your time and being present in the moment. And like that, that is just so that that's what that hashtag means to me. So intentionality, there's, there's, there's power in definition And I think that, you know, like people will be like, follow your bliss, but like how? And then also like, okay, get in touch with your soul. Okay, how? You know? So it's really important to really distinguish the the difference between one's mind, one's body, one's heart, one's soul, and and assign the right tasks to them as well, you know? So when we talk about intentionality or taking care of something, is it, are you taking care of your mind? Are you taking care of your body? Are you taking care of your heart? Because they need different things. The mind, the the, the biggest thing the mind needs is rest, (laughs) like a break from the barrage of thoughts we have. So how do we, go about doing that. The heart, the heart is a a, a puppy. All it wants is love. Don't task it with like major life decisions. Just love it, love it big. Like you do your son, you know, or, or, or a puppy, (laughs) you know, and then, and then the body, you know, like we, we either ignore our body or we're abusive of it or we're cruel to it. Like that it's just, nobody is like, Oh my God, my body is not nobody, but very rarely do people grow up thinking my body is a temple. I am going to treat it as sacred space and take care of it, you know? And so all that is really important to have when we are talking about spiritual wellness and it's not just a matter of you know sitting in lotus position and oming it out i love that the mind needs rest the heart needs love and i put the body needs appreciation just because that's what i took from that you know like we don't appreciate what it does for us until we don't have it to do it you know and we we take it for granted and we beat up on it. And like you were saying, or we, we talk so negatively to it and are, for instance, like some of us have been abused as children. Some of us feel comfortable in our bodies, but don't want to be touched. I just had this conversation with a friend, like literally before this, I'm like, she's like talking about getting massages. And I'm like, I don't like to get massages because mm-hmm. I don't want some, that's not comfortable for me. That's not relaxing. I will, I much rather sit in a chair and mm-hmm. have that you know, but that's because of, and I'm just not there yet in my journey where I'm cool with that, you know, like. Well, and I think that customization is really important. 
self-care customization, I should call it, you know, in that what works for someone doesn't work for another. And I point that out in, in the book because we're not all living the same lives. We don't all have the same thoughts and emotions and, and, you know, body aches and all of that. You know you the best or should spend time knowing yourself better and then knowing what is good for it and isn't good for it. And and the knowing can take trial and error too, but the same way that you don't go to a gym and just do somebody else's routine, you know, or, or somebody else's diet, it's, it's great to get, to find something that works for you. But I think it's really, really important to customize so that, you know, like, okay, you could do a spa day with girlfriends, but you know that massage isn't it. So you spend, you know, an, an extra half hour in the cedar bath or whatever it is, but really honoring that and not thinking that just because it works for someone else, it's going to work for you. And that's really important. And hopefully I can, I show you the way in, in the book. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. Tell me a little bit more about like what some of the benefits are after reading your book. I'd like to say so many, you know, it's for me, what felt most liberating. There was two things. There, a lot of things have felt liberating, slowly liberating through the process that I went through. But, but the two biggest aha moments I had was when I truly got realized that I am not my thoughts, that I have thoughts, thoughts do not have me, and being able to really distinguish that gave me tremendous power and freedom. And it's it's almost, it, it's like, riding a bike, like once you have that aha moment about balance, you do, it doesn't go away. Like there is, you know, if I get lost in thought and I do meditations and I have different techniques, different tools of really freeing my mind as much as emptying it and, and fairly quickly. And it's funny because they call it mindfulness and it's really mindlessness because the whole idea is to get thoughts out of your out of your mind. That was one major aha moment. And then I've always been really interested in the idea, curious about the idea of play. Like, why do we as adults stop playing? And they're the, the godfather of play is a um, gentleman, um, a doctor by the name of Stuart Brown. And I had the privilege of spending an afternoon with him and uh, somewhere along the, the way, we start adulting, like as, as we gain responsibilities and all of that, and we stop playing. And study after study shows the tremendous benefit of play, not only in children, but in animals and adults. But our idea of play, like you think about a spa day, I mean, fantastic, but that's not what you do, you know, every day. 
And, you know, it's often going to bars where you're consuming alcohol, which is fine. But sometimes we do too much of it. And then we end up talking about work anyway. <laughs> and it, so it's not play or we go to Vegas and what we do there has to stay there. You know, so is there a different way of playing? Absolutely. And that it could be, you know, doodling. It could be playing with your puppy. I mean, I, my puppy and I have full on conversations, debates. <laughs> we have dance routines. One of my go to's is dancing. Like if I get totally stressed out, I'm just like, I put on disco and I'm like, dance like no one's watching. Hopefully no one's watching. <laughs> so there's my, my wife and I, we play all the time and she's a total baller wine executive. And when the stress level becomes too much, I actually was, um, I, I, I was running a show for discovery and I had a, a team and I had the production assistant buy a disco ball. And once I did it a couple of times, people caught on, but anytime I felt that the stress level was too high in the office, I would turn off the, the lights, put on disco music and turn on the disco ball and everybody would have to dance up until the time I didn't feel that tension anymore in the room. And sure enough, the tension would just decrease and everybody would be giggling and all of that. And then we'd return back to work. So that kind of play, you know, skipping down the street and you could do it on your own. You could do it with your partner. You could do it with your children. And, but the important thing is to play. And, and in the book, I also talk about the different play personality types because much like, you know, us liking something or not liking something when we're taking care of our, our bodies and our hearts and all of that, not everybody plays the same way. So really figuring out what, you know, like for example, there's the collector who loves collecting stamps and coins and all that. So not me. There's the director who likes organizing and coordinating. Now I think I'm a good organizer and coordinator, but that is not play to me, you know? So knowing your type. Anyway, so when I got the concept of play and allowed myself the the opportunity to play and I integrated daily, sometimes for a few minutes and sometimes for a few hours, depending on the day, those two things were were major pivotal points for me. I love that. Uh, you saying that I, I constantly, when I'm at the restaurant, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm going to just, I've been saying this a lot lately. I'm all right. I'm just playing restaurant, you know, like while we're in the middle of the shift, I'm just going to play restaurant. Let's like, like I'm, I got to go back to do that. And I'm always playing music in the, in the kitchen especially Friday, Saturday night, like I will listen to really ratchet music. Don't tell corporate, but I will, because that's just what motivates me. Sometimes when I'm real tired, it'll get me in a right mood. So I don't go off on anybody, you know, and I remain, <laughs> I remain calm, but I love that about, you know, making, when you feel the level stress being too high, you're like, you know, what, let's, let's facilitate a better environment for you. And that is, it, you know, Understanding that we as individuals have that power to impact our environments in better ways. One of the quotes I have on my vision board is, don't let people pull you into their storm, pull them into your peace. 
So even if you got a storm going on too, you can you can tone it down, bring it, calm down. We get on a better chord and just keep going. You know, I love that. I love that too. I'm gonna. I might steal that. <laughs> it's it's all to share. I mean, no, no, it's all, I, I got it off the internet. Okay. <laughs> um, I one thing I noticed um, about like the thinking about work while you're you're at play and stuff like that. I've learned to have a compartmentalization muscle and I'm trying to like flex that more and more where it's like, I'm only going to focus on the task at hand when I'm mm-hmm. here. So when I'm at work, that's it. When I start, when I'm off at night and I'm cleaning up, I'm having a cleaning party or something. And I start to think about it. I'm like, nope, I can't. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything in your life that you might call it different but you choose to stop thinking about things during a specific time. Oh my God. The monkey mind just goes crazy. My monkey mind goes crazy around 4 Mm a.m. And now I used to be a total insomniac. I mean, for the longest time, I would get like three to four hours of sleep a night, which I talk about in the book. And you could imagine what a, you know, cranky arse I was <laughs> um, because of it, but I would wake up at like two and between two and five, I'd do some of my best work because I couldn't sleep at all. And, you know, I, I totally believed my thoughts. I believed everything because if I was thinking it, it was true. Right. And again, having liberation from the fact that we are not our thoughts <laughs> and, and really getting that, um, I think really shifted that for me. So now when I get up, I sleep so much better now. But when I get up at four in the morning, for whatever reason, they call that the witching hour. Mm -hmm. um, And um, I tell myself, your only job is to rest. Your only job is to sleep. So any thoughts that come to mind, I'm like, nope, you could deal with that when you wake up. It's not right now. Yeah. So, so I, I, yes. I mean, there are so many things that when I separated from my ex, I decided to, you know, which I talk about in the heart section, those people that you have to have in your life. I have this part, which I think is worth talking about in in the heart section, which is, in the heart. So, so just really, really quickly, week one is all about detoxing the brain. Week two is about detoxing the heart. Week three is about detoxing the body. And again, different than one would think. It's really relational, like our relationship with our body. It isn't just like, Hey, eat good foods and all of that, which is also in there. So once the, you have done all of that. Hopefully that clears the slate for you to get in touch with your soul. Once you do chapter four, uh, week four is all about play. Uh, week five is about connecting, finding and, and connecting with your true north. And uh, week six is about designing, redesigning, rewriting your story, your life. So clear slate. How do you want to write it? So in uh, week two, uh, I have this section, which I call taser, shield, filter, or hug. 
and it's about really boundaries and taser uh, are for people that really shouldn't be in your life, that they're just toxic and, and just zap them out of your life. Not literally, but um, get them out of your life. Shield is all about like the co-parent who you have to deal with, but you don't necessarily want in your life. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll come back to that or like a nagging mom or a, a, a boss you can't stand. Dealing with difficult people that you got to deal with. Right. So you shield Mm -hmm. from them. Filtering is not, is basically not oversharing with people that don't deserve to hear or shouldn't hear your personal stuff and hug its people, your inner tribe. So, but in shield, I, you know, when my ex and I separated, I just, because I, you know, work in film and TV, I was like, okay, I'm just going to change the channel or I'm going to just mute the channel. And, and for me, that was it. Like she is there. I, I, but I'm, I'm just going to mute it because I have that option. Mm-hmm. So I would just, it, it, unless I needed to tune into that channel, she would be muted or I would be on a different channel. So those kinds of, tools to really be able if it's not feeding you if your thoughts are not feeding you then they should not be there and there's a means of changing it so i heard something the other day as far as like the food we eat and the words we speak feed every cell in our soul like in our body feed every cell in our body and I, and that's just a perfect correlation for what you just said about that. So let's say you get the book and you are going through this because this is six weeks. You don't want to go through it alone. Do they join the Facebook group Innermore? Is that the group that they should join? Yeah, there is. Um, I also have workshops. I pulled it down from my site just because we're revamping it. Because now the, the, the book is coming out, but hopefully. So I'm doing my the next group in June and I'll have the invitation. It's already like half filled. And then I'm going to, I, I paused it just because I'm ramping up for the, the book and there's yeah. a lot to do. But yes, yeah, so the six week process, I mean, the, the book is written so that anybody anywhere can do it on their own. Right. You, you truly can, or you get a group of friends do it. You know, it's interesting because I'm a part of this badass group of women and they're doing um, the artist way right now. And then they're going to stop and in, in at the end of May and in June, we're going to start free to be as a process i'm going to be doing it with them and it's i i, I think it's great to do with with friends yeah. but it's meant to be it's written so that anybody anywhere could do it and that's really important to me you know yeah. like the 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 busy mom who is in mississippi and you know is working a full-time job and is also a single mom and and all of that like how do you integrate spiritual wellness, spiritual health in, in the everyday 
without having to, you know, go out and go to a retreat or go to yoga classes or whatever people think is, you know, spiritually cleansing. All those things are great, but but spiritual wellness, like anything else, <laughs> you know, you don't go to the gym every three months and expect results. You don't, you know, eat good food every three months and expect results. But somehow people think that with spirituality or even a therapist, you know, you go on a week, you know, weekly basis, you go on a daily basis to the gym, you know, you, you set a routine. But then when it comes to spiritual wellness, everyone's like, okay, well, you know, sort of this like pie in the sky, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. And that's not how it works. So it has to be, think of it as practical spiritual wellness and and which is integrated in the here and now so it's when you're doing dishes and dropping off the kids and and you know stressed out at work and such meant to be integrated i'm just so honored to have you on because you're going to help so many people Um, because what our world needs most is healing And the fact that you're providing that in such a short amount of time is just so beautiful. And I just want to thank you for writing your book so it can have the impact that it's going to have. I'm so excited for you. Thank Um, you. Yeah, seriously. Because I mean, it like brought tears. Like I got teary eyed because I'm like, dang, you about to have so much impact. Like it, it, it gives me chills because it's like, that is, that is my goal, you know, like that for me, like what you said is a, like me receiving an Oscar, you know what I mean? Like that's exactly the, the, the feeling I want people to have. And yeah, I mean, I completely, completely believe that global transformation is about self-transformation. I think that we can hopscotch leapfrog self-transformation and have global transformation without self-transformation. It's all like inside out. Yeah. I, I think like what it's going to change in our world, just from, if we can get into, into multiple, multiple hands, just hear me out. I'm just seeing this for you, you know, um, <laughs> is the fact that, so many underserved communities have really low self-worth. And when you invest in yourself, when you invest in your local communities, which you're doing by, by becoming better people in, with your book, then it, it has a ripple effect. So we can start changing the direction of what we're going in right now. It has a ripple effect, I think, as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it, I mean, it's great if you give back to your community and such, but I just have noticed the impact that I've had even on friends. Yeah. You know, because I continue to work on myself, because I continue to evolve, because I, you watch Ted Lasso. Mm-mm. Oh, you have to see Ted Lasso. Like I, I, I always would be like, what would Ted Lasso do? <laughs> you know, uh, because 
it's it's actually a really great representation of somebody who is constantly looking at themselves and reflecting and being in the world that they're in and comedy ensues and and all of that but there is something incredibly powerful and infectious <laughs> in working on on oneself and seeking one's truth because you know the, the buddhists talk about the dharma and and the way the truth and what i've come to realize that truth is is the stripping away of all the bs that we have taught through life and really really digging in deep to our inner star, our inner core, which I call the soul, and living from that place because that soul is uniquely ours. Mm -hmm. Nobody else, the collective spirit, God, Allah, Jesus, whatever one believes in, which is found a higher consciousness, whatever that is, that's mm -hmm. different than one's soul. Mm -hmm. Soul is uniquely, uniquely ours. And yeah. to to come from that space is transformative, not just for the person, but whoever you interact with. So that's how I believe we create global transformation. Mm -hmm. Not like chat, 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 I think this, you think that, yeah. you know, I agree with your opinion, I disagree. <laughs> We've been doing it over and over and over again, clearly it does not work. No, no, <laughs> it don't, it don't. We just keep fighting back and forth and switching sides and all this other stuff and 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 arguing, but not coming up with solutions. Don't I? That's a whole nother rabbit hole that I will get yep. into. But <laughs> I just I want to thank you so much for for joining me today and being here. And um, guys, check out the links in the show notes below. Uh, definitely go get the book. Is yeah, and, and I I tell people like DM me. I don't I I don't always. Sometimes people will leave like you know a a message on one of my posts, and if it's like three weeks later, I won't. Usually, I read it within the you know first few days. But then, if it's like three weeks after, I I don't. But if somebody DMs me, I really do my best to get back to them personally. So if there's you know have a question or you know, a subject that you want, you know, to talk about and such, please reach out to me through my site. Everything is Shereen at Assam, com. My handles on social are Shereen at Assam too. And, and Innermore is the Facebook group that's private. You have to ask to join. And I will, I, I refuse very few people, but, but it is a private group. And that one we deep dive into things more so than, you know, the quick social gems. <laughs> Hopefully they're gems. That. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm just so grateful to have you here, Shireen. And I look forward to to keeping in contact with you. I would love that. I would really, really love that. And I'm curious what you think once you've read the book. I, I would love to have another discussion. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.